had quite a bit of the people ask me to put the link on Messenger for the Romans translation, so hope they'll be watching while we teach. <laughs> Takes a while to push it out. You're seeing it? Uh-huh. Are you? Oh, yeah. Doesn't show you. Hi, Steve. Glad you're watching. Melvin? Steve Melvin. All right, I'm going to start. Well, we're continuing our study on uh, the book of Romans. Uh, this has been a long series that we've been going through, and uh, I titled this The Unveiling of the Revelation Jesus Revealed to Apostle Paul. And we know that Jesus, when he came uh, in his ministry, his whole goal was to explain who Father was, who we are, and to reveal the falsity of the law and, and uh, tell us about light that we already had. And so the translators came along and kind of messed that up a little bit. And if you'll remember, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul's letters, basically they explained to what happened to man at the foundation of the world and how they continue to live out of a false life and uh, explain what happened to Jesus, what Jesus did. And then, then he said, later on, he said, now that you understand all these things, be ye transformed by the renewing mind, transformed to who you already are. It's not that they weren't righteous or holy, but there needed to be a transformation in their awareness. And so you, you lean your, your understanding to your divine mind, are you... As Kay teaches, left side, right side, you lean your left side to your right side because there's only one mind. The left side is more analytical. It's more into the world, if you would, into uh, not spiritual things. The right side is your spiritual part of your of your, your understanding. And so that's important for us to understand that. But some of you may have looked at the title of my message today about circumcision and wonder about it sometimes. But the Bible, I think uh, I reference, there's over 80 references to circumcision in the Bible. And so it's an important subject <clears throat> to understand what it really means. And if you know me very much or if you follow me very much, you know that I like to back up what I say. I, there's too many people just get up preaching on what they believe to be true, but there's no foundation to it whatsoever. I hear a lot of stuff taught today that you can't find any foundation in the Word for it. And a lot of people have left the Bible and they don't think they need it. But it's important. We just need to take the cover off and we need to allow the Spirit of God to tell us what's, what's true and what's not true. But I did a lot of research yesterday on circumcision, and uh, circumcision was done many, many years ago, way before Moses, way before Abraham. And I, I, uh, I wanted to find a place in Scripture where it literally said it did not come to, by Moses. It was not Moses' idea, or that I mean that God didn't speak that to Moses. So Jesus was talking to his disciples, and I'm pretty sure he was talking to Pharisees too in John 7:22, And he said, Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision. And then he said, not because it was from Moses, but of the fathers. He didn't say of father, he said of the fathers. And you look that up and it's pater, it means parents. So the parents passed that down from generation after generation after generation. And so Jesus really be, explains what circumcision was, and also Paul does. That's what we're going to look at. So we're in this section in Romans chapter 2. We're going to finish Romans chapter 2 today. <clears throat> and uh, 
uh, Paul, uh, Paul writes and talks about circumcision and how they boast about it. So I'm going to read it for you. <clears throat> Verse 17 through 29. <clears throat> you proclaim yourself to be leaders and rest in the law of Moses by boasting that your law is the way to know and to please Father. You believe you know Father's will according to your documents concocted by man, <clears throat> and you believe it to be excellent in bringing instruction and correction to others. You are confident that you are a guide for those who you think have no ability to see that which is spiritual, and you try to teach a shiny revelation for those who supposedly do not have any revelation knowledge at all. That reminds me of years ago, one of my pastors told a congregation that I try to explain the Greek to people that never read more than maybe one book a year. That was an insult to those people, but that's what this is saying pretty much. You, you think your shining revelation is to people that have no knowledge whatsoever. You promote yourself as higher than others in awareness. You treat those you instruct as mindless. You fashion and present yourself to have the knowledge and know the truth in the law. However, you have no true knowledge. You think your law is the final word. As I, as I was reading this again today when I was studying, I thought that's why they wanted to kill Paul. <laughs> Not just because he declared he was the son of God. That was one of their things they didn't like. But this letter to them is pretty stout. huh? Paul, they, 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 oh, excuse me, Jesus. That's why they wanted to kill Jesus, but that's why they stoned Paul. So they did it to both of them. And so, accordingly with what you think you know, you teach others. You should teach those things you preach to yourself. You teach others not to steal. Do you steal? Do you teach others not to commit sexual sins? However, by obeying your law, you cannot control your sensual desires. You, you are disgusted with the idolatry of others, but you are a temple robber of the pagans. Did you know they did that? The Jewish leaders went into the pagans and stole their stuff. You who are caught up in the law of that which was put together by Moses and the additional laws added by other men, boast of how you follow every part of the law and declare that it is a father. By violating your law, you dishonor yourself and the true and living Father is not doing it. Father is not the author of your law, nor the author of Moses' law. For the true nature and character of Father is blasphemed through your speaking impiously against those who are not Jews, as you inscribe the way of life uh, your law promotes. Circumcision is advantageous to satisfy your teachers if you keep Moses' law, but if you break any of Moses' law or any of those laws that you added, then it is as though you were not circumcised. It's useless. Conversely, if those who do not practice circumcision live the righteous life the law tries to produce, shall their uncircumcision not be counted for circumcision? Father never required circumcision of any part of the body. You think obeying every part of the law makes you righteous? Those people who are not circumcised, who are living out of their true nature, which is not doing things which break your law, shall they make a decree and decide against you Jews who attempt to follow Moses' law and other men? Shall they charge you who are circumcised, who continue to violate and constantly fail at obeying these laws? Therefore, I boldly declare to you who are following the due-to-be laws and rules of righteousness, which are an outward effort, it does not make you spiritual Israel, and it does not make you one who lives 
and rules as father. Neither does circumcision, which is another duty, be law effort. But he truly lives as spiritual Israel, one who lives and rules as father, is one inwardly ruling his earthen vessel and the world as father. Remember the scripture said that father has given us dominion over all things. And that's what it means. We are to rule out of peace and our righteousness and, and rule as father in this earth and in this earth. Verse 29, those who truly live as spiritual Israel do so from an inward source. They possess power as princes of this earth and rule as father with strength and ability, which comes from the source within. Legalistic circumcision sought but failed to produce righteousness. The true sense of righteousness can only come from thoughts and feelings and one's conscious awareness that flows from their breath, their holy breath, from their spirit. Righteousness cannot come from the letter of the law and circumcision. No credit whatsoever is to be given to men who draw from the physical sensory information and promote due-to-be laws. 100% of the credit is given to Father. Father never required circumcision. It came from Abraham and it came from Moses' upbringing. And it was the idea that he accredited the father, not father. And so Paul really lays it out there. And, uh, and still today, there are people that believe in circumcision. And not so much the medical society, which they do, because they took advantage of the religious system. And it makes, they make a lot of money in that. But there's still a lot of churches that preach circumcision. And I told you about one of my pastors at 40-something years old was convinced you need to be circumcised, and he went and got circumcised. It just, I just sat there and shook my head. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but a, a gentleman that knew the Hebrew real well, but he didn't know the spirit of the Hebrew, convinced him that he needed to be circumcised. So in my research, male circumcision, hi, Sharon. Male circumcision is the oldest known human circle, uh, surgical procedure in history. And archaeological evidence has proved that it dates back to the 23rd century BCE. That's a long, long time ago. Way before Moses, way before Abraham, they were doing circumcisions and teaching that. And so circumcision was not a new practice starting from Moses, where a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, I don't believe that Father instructed Moses or Abraham to circumcise the male boys or, or any adult men whatsoever, because I've done a lot of research on it. <clears throat> and Father put that protective skin on a man to protect him and to keep him sensitive. And so why would Father say, cut it off? You know, and you, you should think about that. You can look in America's medical records and most of the doctors are for it and they think it's a good thing. But then you go over into Europe and you, you read in, in, uh, in uh, the Netherlands and, and Sweden and different places like that. They've done tests, I mean done surveys and, and watched people and it has done great damage to men. And so they say it should not be done whatsoever. And so... It's, I'm just saying that because how, why would God create me with something and then tell a preacher that needs to be cut off? And parents should be thinking about that a lot. So uh, let's look at the spiritual meaning of circumcision. What is it? Well, circumcision, symbolically, circumcision is the cutting off of the mortal-minded tendencies or the flesh. What does mortal mean? Liable to die. And so mortal meaning a liable to die mentality. So it's indicative of a purification or a cleanliness under the divine law. And we don't need to clean ourselves, but we want to clean what? 
our awareness. We want to clean our thoughts and our memories and things that we've been told that are not true, things that we've been told that's been a big hindrance to us, introduced us. Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father, and of course they translated that as devil, but you are of your father, the traducer. And what traduced them? The law, right? It was Moses' law. And so circumcision is fulfilled in its spiritual meaning by the freeing of the individual from the mosaic, mosaic law of sin and death. And circumcision is that of the awareness in the, in the spirit, not in letter. So it's, it's a circumcision. What is that? It's a removing something, right? It's a removing a covering. So what we've had is we've had a covering over us. The word has a covering over it, and it's the mistranslations and it's the misperceptions. So if you would, I'm circumcising the word of God when I teach. I'm removing that which hinders, that which causes it to be a veil, if you would. So it is a removing a covering. And I found a man in the Chronicles, his name, I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's Bimhal, and he was the son of Jephelet, the tribe of Asher. His name means son of circumcision and one cut off from impurity. And I really like finding that because what's impure in us? Not what we would call sin. What's impure in us is the lie that we've been taught. We've been the children of the great lie. Not knowing that, not believing that we're one with God. Believing, you know, like, like we, Norma and I talk about a lot. She has some friends that are, they're always trying to please God. They're just, try, they're just trying and trying and trying. And if you try dead works, there will never be an end of them because they don't, they don't satisfy you. I mean, I've quit things before back in the days when I was under that and I was trying to quit doing this and quit doing that, but there was always something else, right? And religion always adds to it, huh? Ice cream, you just kept eating ice cream. I'm ice cream, the more I wanted to quit ice cream, the more I did. Exactly. I've been well, I've been enjoying Norma and Donna making comments, but I want to remind you when you do <clears throat> talk a little louder because I was listening to my video and we can't hear you real good and they need to hear what you're saying. So, but yes, the more I tried to quit ice cream, the more I wanted it. And so it became a sin to me, if you would, because I felt like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm a sinner or whatever. But spiritually, this man's name symbolizes a thought consciousness that is purified from all that it's contained, all that is, uh, he, he, he or she is allowed carnal teaching to put into their awareness. And what happens, it's removed, and then like I talked about last week, then we move into conscious harmony with our Father. It's very hard to be in harmony with somebody when you feel like you've done wrong against them, right? Remember, Ann, when you just really sinned bad and you tried to pray and it was hard? <laughs> I used to tell about, <laughs> it's impossible, but I used to talk about how, you know, uh, sometimes when I felt I did something wrong and I'm driving down the street and a and there's this Christian song comes on, I just changed the channel because <laughs> it made me feel guilty. Now, this was way, way when I was a teenager. <laughs> so, so trying to quit somebody, something to please God, well, first of all, the Father's already pleasing. It's a dead work, so it keeps you out of your peace all the time. <clears throat> so the purification of our awareness comes from living out of the divine law of spirit and life. It comes from leaning the left side to the right side, paying attention to that which is spiritual. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, right and left, go to Dr. K. Fairchild's uh, 
uh, YouTube account or Facebook. She's been teaching on the right, left for a long time. And it's, it's really good. So the wisdom from carnally mindful instructions, such as Moses and Abraham, what does it do? It brings strife. It brings a self-seeking, always trying to prove yourself all the time. Double-mindedness. One time you think God loves you, the next time because you mess up, God doesn't love me anymore. And that's what it does. And so the Apostle James taught, I was looking this up last night, but the wisdom that is from above, which is your divine mind from the Father, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of compassion, and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. So if we seek that kind of wisdom, it brings us peace. When we seek carnal wisdom, it never brought us peace. I could never, ever line up with what they wanted me to do or wanted to be. I never could give enough money. I never could pray enough. We used to have these 24-hour prayer vigils, and for some reason, I always drew the middle of the night one. And I would get there, and I would say, Oh, Jesus, and oh, Jesus, and... I was out. <laughs> you know? I, then I'd feel bad because I fell asleep, you know, whatever. But it, again, the wisdom from above, if, if, if it's first, it's pure. It has no mixture with it whatsoever. And then it's peaceable and, and it brings you peace and it, it's gentle and it's full of compassion and it's good fruits. I mean, I say, are you feeling that when you're following the Father? Are you feeling that when you're being taught something? from a preacher or a teacher? Are you feeling that when you're reading the Bible or when you're sitting in a recliner and you're relaxing and you're at peace and you're comfortable? And are you feeling that when you're meditating? Or are you feeling judgment? And so depending on how you feel is what you really need to stick with. You know, if you want peace, then you need to stick with somebody that brings peace and ministers peace to you. So Moses' circumcision never produced righteousness, nor could it because it did not produce that kind of peace. James said the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them, and they make peace. It's sown in peace, and they also make peace. So he or she who keeps the precepts of the one and only divine law, then they seek to embody this principle of truth in their conscious awareness and in their affairs. It affects everything they do in life. And that is when they are circumcised of Father. Because their scripture is saying, I will circumcise you. But it's a spiritual circumcision. Okay? So Father has always wanted us to possess an awareness of love. Now remember, when the Bible says heart, it's not talking about your physical heart. It's talking about your awareness, your conscious awareness, and your, your understanding. So Father wants us to possess this and to know it and to love and to follow our source, which is Father. And that's why Father in the old Outlook books, as priority is spiritual circumcision of the awareness over and over and over. And so circumcise, uh, circumcise yourself to the Lord, circumcise your heart, which is awareness, and he said that to the, to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. And that's in Jeremiah 4.4. 4. So he said, circumcise yourself. But he wasn't talking about physical. He said, your heart. There's a big difference there. And I've heard people quote Jeremiah and say, well, Father told them to circumcise. No, go read your Bible. It says your heart. Circumcise your awareness. Remove that covering that's hindering something peaceable. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Now, I don't want to be shocking you women, but you're adults. But... 
when a man has that skin on there, it, it, it causes more sensitivity for both the man and the woman, and it's peaceable, and there's no work to it. There comes a time when you've been circumcised and a, a male gets older and older, it's more difficult to do what they need to do. And so it's not peaceable and it's not comfortable. And that's what they did to us because they believed a lie. And so there again, if, you're, if you're, your awareness hasn't been circumcised, then most of the work you do, just, uh, work to do that you think you're doing for Father, it's not peaceable whatsoever. And you can't enter into rest. So in Scripture, the heart is that spiritual part of us which controls our emotions, our awareness, and our desires. And that's where it dwells, in the heart of the mind. So Father calls us to his voice, testifying and witnessing the gospel of understanding and the gospel of oneness. That's what I heard last night, when I, yesterday when I was studying this. What is the gospel? The gospel is the gospel of, uh, of uh, understanding, and it's the gospel of oneness. Jesus came to bring understanding. Paul came to bring understanding and that understanding that we were one with God. So to me, that's what the gospel really is. It's not the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that. But he was there to explain something to us. So he gives us the command of the gospel, the word of God, by sowing it into our conscious awareness. And we are to listen with intelligence to his call being uh, heeding the voice of father we are to listen to the messenger that come to us and pay attention to them and and not the desires of the works of the law or the arm of flesh or are being nothing but the dead works of righteousness too many people listen to that and i could tell it because i watch people's posts and they're always talking about the judgment coming and the end of the world and and punishment and they're listening to the wrong voices so put it to put it plainly to circumcise our conscious awareness is to stop walking by dead flesh works and desires. Instead, heed to the word of the Lord and walk out of who you are. Walk out of it. I remember a long time ago when we first went to Brother Garner's Judy and then we're singing a song, Walking Out of Who I Know I Am. He thought he was saying walking it out. We don't have to walk it out, but we need to walk out of it. And that's walking out of a knowledge. And so we are what? We are holy breath. Some people like to use the word spirit. We are sons and daughters of Father, and we have eternal life in us, and our source is our Father, right? And that's something we need to walk out of moment by moment. And if we ever get moved out of that, we need to slap ourselves and wake ourselves up and get back to say, hey, that's wrong. This is who I am. So I found in Deuteronomy 10, 16, it says remove, and actually it says circumcise, but it means remove, right? The circumcised means to remove something. So it says, remove therefore, and it said the foreskin, but I'm saying remove therefore covering, the covering of your conscious awareness, your feelings, your will, and your intellect, and be no more dense, and that's what it said in Scripture when you look it up, be no more dense in your understanding. So if it was moving, removing the skin off my penis, how would that make me no more dense in my understanding. It's uncovering your awareness is what it is. And so a better way of saying this is to yield your intellect and your emotions and your awareness and your desires, which is your left side, to the right side, which is cutting off the flesh so the real can be seen and so the real can be expressed. So at this point, the Israelites had received the law. They also knew the command of Father required them to experience true life. That's in Deuteronomy 10, 12. 
this request to love Father with all their soul was the essence of the word of Father. That's what Father wanted to do. I want to be your Father. You, if you do this, I will be your Father. It wasn't that if you do this, then I'm going to be your Father. If you do this, you're going to experience me as your Father. You know, if, if Carl, uh, uh, Carl's my brother and Carl uh, has a great life and he says, if you'll come see me once in a while, you'll enjoy being my brother. But if I don't do it, even though he's my brother, I won't experience that, right? So it wasn't a law that I'm not your father until you do this. It's the law is I am your father. And if you will fellowship with me, then you're going to experience me, me as your father. Does that make sense? So they could only follow father's request through faith and not of works. I can only be friends with you guys by faith that I know that you love me, not by earning that. Because after a while, you're going to get tired of me trying to earn it. Yeah, now Carl, he would say, yeah, you can come mow my lawn. Yeah, you can clean my barn out. <laughs> Carl, but you ladies, I know you wouldn't do that to me, right? <laughs> so what did this mean? They had to humble themselves and remove from their awareness that which, re that which reduced them, that which hindered them to be able to listen to Father with intelligence and recognize their need for understanding, their need for humbling theirself and, and, and turn from following their physical desires and trust Father for all that they ever thought they needed. And that's one of the biggest struggles with a lot of people is they have so many physical desires that that's all they're interested in. And that's why they go to all these meetings that's gonna teach you how to tithe and get money or teach you how to do this or teach you how to get well or all this stuff because people are living in the need realm and they need to get into what I call the no-need realm. So they follow the request to love Father and all the people through heeding the truth of word and not by following the law to obtain anything. Now, Father spoke and explained that they are to put his words, again, always comes through the power of the Spirit, as word does, but put his words in their awareness. It's in our mind already. We have the divine mind. We know all things, but we need to have that put into our awareness. So again, how do we do that? Paul said, don't be conformed to the world's ways anymore, but be transformed by the renewing minds. That, to me, that means uh, meditation. That means listening with it to that voice, to be calm, to listen to the voice of your divine mind of Father and allow Father to put those words into your awareness. When I study, and I know when Kay studies, we listen for that voice all the time. And I'm telling you, it's uh, after that time that Father told me he was going to dictate to me, there's never been a time when I study hardly at all that I don't hear a verse or scripture or I'm reminded of something I taught before and, it, and then I go to it and Father expounds on that and explodes that with inside of me. And it's a great way to study. Too many people just read and they think they're studying, but they're not. But, but you need to be calm, you need to be quiet and go through your study and be fully expecting to hear the voice of Father speak to your thoughts. And because I've had people ask me, how do you write so much stuff? Because I listen to my father. And I can sit down today and just start typing. And before you know it, after six, seven, eight hours, I've got about 24 pages typed, don't I? And, and, it's, it's, and, I always, and it's confirmed because Father leads me and guides me where I need to go. And so Father spoke and expanded that they are to put his words again in, uh, in their awareness and to bind them in their hands and put them between their ears. That's Deuteronomy 11:18. Now listen again. Put your words, uh, put my words 
in your awareness, or it said heart, bind them to their hands and put them between their eyes. And guess what they did? Made Anybody have any idea? They made, they made things called phylacteries, yeah. and they made a little box, a leather box, and they put scripture in it, and they strapped it to their forehead, and they also strapped it to their hand, and they walked around with that, and hey, look at me, look at me. I've got the word in my head, and I've got the word in my hand. They didn't listen with intelligence whatsoever. And so this is all symbolically that they are to walk as spiritual beings and in the spirit and, and, and not, 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 the, uh, not fleshly due to be laws and desires. But they couldn't hear. They could have, but they couldn't because they were so into their law and they were so into controlling and they were so into impressing people. You ever seen people come to church with great big Bibles? <laughs> You know, and people put their Bibles in the back of their cars all the time. I, pastors laugh about that because that means they don't take it home and study it. And, and we wear great big crosses. And, and I'm, I'm not saying you don't need to wear one, but you don't really. The cross is not what we worship. But people do that. There's a man on TV that sells pillows, and he always has this big cross hanging out. You know, there's a reason for that. But this is exactly what it means when Father tells them to circumcise their heart, circumcise your awareness. Moses thought he was speaking for Father when he told them to cut their foreskin off, but he wasn't. He wasn't listening. He wasn't hearing. He, and, and there's this, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but well, I'll, I'll tell it here in just a second. I won't jump ahead of my too, too much. But he was supposed to be instructed them what to do with their awareness, not with what they do with their physical body. And I think about that when I went to church. I heard so much teaching on what I needed to do with myself. My first 10 years was a very legalistic church and I, I heard them teaching women, you can't cut your hair. I heard them teaching and showing men how they should cut their hair and women can't have makeup on, all the stuff that we can't do, right? And most of you grown up in that way. And the ministers that taught you that, they wasn't listening to Father, they were listening to their denomination teach, and they wasn't listening intelligently. And so many people will speak something that comes from their, their awareness, and because they don't listen to Father, they'll say, thus saith the Lord, and it was not Father. Have you ever heard that? You ever heard somebody get up and so-called make a prophecy and it never happens? Almost every New Year's Eve, there's preachers all over the world prophesying, thus saith the Lord in 2023, and it never happens. And they never come back and say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I like what Lynn Garner said about the rapture, said the Lord this year, said, whoops, thus saith the Lord, it's next year, not this year. <laughs> you remember him saying that? Lynn, Lynn Hiles, it was very funny. But if uh, a minister is angry with their fathers, their, their followers that's serving them, and maybe they're not given enough money or they're not serving, then they may hear the Lord talk, but they, they filter it through their awareness. They're filtered through this is what, and then they get up and they do a very judgmental and they say, you need to be giving better. You, the Lord told me last night, you need to be working more, right? That happens. So I've said this before, but in, there's an English word that's used 80 times in scripture and it's the word obey. Do you like that word, <laughs> obey? Particularly women. Uh, I was, I'm going to be marrying my, my uh, grandson and his wife-to-be, and I was joking with him the other day, and I said, do you want me to say obey? And she said, no. <laughs> you know? And you hardly ever hear that in wedding vows anymore. When we grew up, we, my, the women said obey. 
But the, the, the word obey is the Hebrew term shama, S-H-A-M-A. And the translators translated shama uh, as obey and they lied. Why would, they, why would they do that? Because they want you to obey the law. Every religion is based on obedience, correct? And we think it's obedience to God, but it's obedience to their rules, and so we can do what they want. Teaching the tithe is based on obedience, right? I don't believe in the tithe. I believe in giving. And you give, the Paul explained it very well. He said, don't, be give, don't give because there's a need, and don't give begrudgingly, but give abundantly out of your awareness. It says heart, but out of your awareness. Whatever you're aware, whatever you hear, give, right? And so these people don't listen with at all. So the Hebrew word for shama is to hear intelligently and with attention. So one can expect exactly what was said. One can understand exactly what was said, and one can repeat exactly what was said. In the Greek, the word is hupakol, and it means listen attentively, the same thing. So again, how many times have you got along and prayed, if you would, had a conversation, what it means, with Father, and really listened attentively and really listened with intelligence? Or did you start the conversation with the purpose of getting something? Right? I enjoy conversation with my friends because we just converse about life. We, there are some people that I've been around before that the conversation was always about getting something, always about needing something, always. I, I've actually seen people pray and get down next to the pastor or somewhere else and say, Oh, Father, please send somebody to bring money to me. Or, Oh, Father, I need some new shoes or, or whatever. That's not conversing with Father whatsoever. So if you're conversing with getting your way in a situation then you're not listening with intelligence and you're not going to hear what father says whatsoever and that's why we believe in meditation we believe in moving into a place of comfort and quietness and intelligently and attentively listening to father's voice in our thoughts and that's how we really hear for no need whatsoever you don't have to think oh i'm in trouble i need to pray that's the worst time to pray well, oh, I need something. I need to talk to God. That's the worst time to do that. The time to do that is in your day-to-day -day life when you're at peace. And you'll find out then if you do it that way, there will be less times that you think you need something. Because all of a sudden you'll realize that you have relationship with Father. And all that Father has is yours. And that's the place that Jesus was in. Jesus always conversed with Father. He didn't pray and ask him to do hardly anything. But he, he just conversed with Father. He listened with Father. Spiritually, he saw what Father did, so it brought him great peace. And I think it's interesting. I've said this before, but I have right now almost 6,200 followers on Facebook. And then I have people all over the world that come to my webpage, and I have a lot of people that come to my YouTube page. So you would think I do get some calls every once in a while. <laughs> Donna can tell you I get a lot. But I get quite a few calls and sadly, many of them, they're telling me they want to know something, but they spend the whole time telling me what they believe. And it just goes on and on and on. And sometimes I'll even try to respond, and they're talking so much they don't hear me. And it reminds me of God, <laughs> of Father. I think sometimes we're talking so much that we don't hear Father. Right? 
And those of us that grew up in the charismatic field, we talked in tongues for so much that we didn't hear Father. I remember sometimes for maybe an hour just praying in tongues, thinking I was really doing something wonderful. And I know there's an experience to it. I'm not speaking against it. But I think sometimes we need to be quiet and be calm and listen to our Father. And I've actually had to tell some people, hey, I don't want to hear what you believe. You called me. I didn't call and ask you. I've said it nicely to him. I didn't call and ask you what you believe. You called to ask me what I believe, but you won't let me talk to you. And that's the way we do father, right? And many times, and, and, and a lot of, most of them are not that way. I have some of them that call me and they turn a tape recorder on and they, they record it because they don't want to miss what I'm saying. And they take notes. That, that's what people need to do. And that's what we need to do with father is be quiet and turn a tape recorder on. Because worship means to ascertain and seek and desire to know. Praise means to tell the story, tell what you heard. And so I think sometimes when we're sitting down and conversing with Father, it wouldn't hurt to take notes. What you hear. Then you can really turn around and say, well, this is what I heard. So it would be good for us to be thinking about that. And you guys out on the Internet as how to converse with the Father quietly and learn. Uh, there are comforter messengers in the earth today and not a lot, but there are. And if you ever get to talk to them, it would really be good to calm down and be quiet and let them talk to you. Uh, many times I've gone to churches where there were meetings and I, I walked away feeling kind of odd because nobody asked me what I thought about anything. They were there to teach me, but they didn't want to hear from me. And I could tell by what they were saying, I had something that I could help them with. And that's why one of the reasons Jesus wept. He looked over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how often have I tried to gather you under my wings like a mother would bring its chicks, but you rejected me. And I felt that before. And so we're told to circumcise our awareness, which your left side, bring it to the right side, and other scriptures that the, then that the Lord will circumcise our awareness. So if we will yield to that, then there's this second circumcision, which is speaking of the Lord's promise to those who yield their left to the right. And what I mean, Carl, is just you're, 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 uh, you think less and less on the physical world and, and physical needs and problems going on and all that, and you, you, you yield your, yourself to your divine mind. And you be still, you be quiet, and you listen. You know what? The first time you do it, you might not hear anything. It may take a while, but God's always speaking. But sometimes you have to quieten your thoughts, and it's not easy to do. You know, I've, I've had people say, have you ever got where you just don't think anything? I said, well, not me. <laughs> but I'm thinking on these things now. But before I, I begin to walk in what I live out of and everything, I would get down to pray, but I would think all of a sudden thoughts of work thoughts of my family, thoughts of my needs. They're there all the time because for years we thought on the wrong things, right? And so that's been a, a, a habit, but we can steal our thoughts and just think on the Lord. And if the thoughts start drifting away, just reel them back in and make them submit and begin to think and listen to the Lord. And you'll hear something, I promise you, because God's always speaking. And this would be your true being born again experience, remembering who you are. Remember the first time that you learned that you've always been righteous and that you're one with God? That was the greatest experience. It was awesome. 
So in closing here, this is the kind of circumcision, uh, circumcision we all need. It takes place when we return our awareness to Father and we intelligently listen. We attentively listen to Father according to all that He desires of us today. And Scripture says, The Lord your God will restore you from captivity of a carnal awareness, which is the left side, right? And have compassion on you and will gather your left side from all the false awareness and understanding where you scattered yourself to. Moreover, the Lord your Father will remove the cover over your awareness and that, you, and that of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your awareness and with all your whole soul so that you may live life to the fullest. And that's Deuteronomy 31 through 6 paraphrased and explained. Deuteronomy what? Uh, 31 through 6. Let me read it to you again. No, I'll look it up. You'll look it up. Okay. So anyone that's willing to have their awareness uncovered by following the truthful word and faithfulness is uncovered by Father. That is our rebirth. That's what that is. So we're spiritually alive because we're no longer condemned to living as dead. So we intelligently hear the truthful word of Father and we are drinking from the waters of life. And that's recorded in Jeremiah 2.13, Jeremiah 17.13, John 4 and 10, and 7.38. You're drinking from the waters of life. The water of life is available. It's a well and it's always there available for us. So this is what the Apostle Paul says, and then I'm close. Apostle Paul states that one must strengthen. I mean, the word is sow. He always says was sow. And they made that like we have to do something, right? If I'm sowing, I'm doing something. But when you look at the word sow, it's strengthen. So uh, one must strengthen by the spirit, divine, the divine mind, in order to experience eternal life. Likewise, one who seeks to be strengthened by depending on the works of the flesh will reap corruption of those dead works. So Paul is saying handle the living word handle it it's just like what i said last week the disciples came to people who had had joined the community of believers and he said have you received and the scripture says have you received the holy spirit since you believe but if you look it up it says have you received of your spirit since you believed and they said we never knew there was such a thing and he began to teach them how to live out your spirit or the disciples did so Paul is saying to handle it, to live out of your eternal life. You must listen with intelligence and you must uh, uh, be listening to the, the word of God that is the gospel of oneness, the gospel that's strengthened by your awareness of the divine mind. And this is very parallel, if you would, to this circumcision that you see in the Bible all the time. So everything Father speaks to you is already in you, but when you have contact with Father, then it brings it alive. Just like when I said that uh, Paul and particularly Jesus was taken out to the scenes to be taught. He was a very young man, but it was already in him, right? But when they began to teach him, then it exploded within him and it became more and more alive. And he said, yes, I knew that. Have you ever heard something and you said, I knew that a long time ago, but I didn't go with it? I didn't follow it, or I've always believed that to be true, but I never said anything about it. That's what that is, because I am not teaching you anything that you don't know already. Kay Fairchild is a fabulous teacher, and people, she's got lots of followers, but the truth is she's not teaching anything that they don't know already. She's confirming, and so that's what we're doing. We're confirming the written word that's in your awareness already, and it's already there. So what do we want to do? We, in our meditation time, be calm, be quiet, 
You don't need to ask for anything. Be attentive and intelligently listen to Father's voice in your thoughts and you will hear, this is the way, walk you in it. Amen? So wasn't that a great teaching on circumcision? <laughs> it really is true. I know with all my heart, Father never ever asked Moses and Abraham to circumcise. They did it because it was a tradition that went on for thousands of years. It started all the way back to 32 BC, whatever I said. That's a long, long time ago. And it only started in the 1800s in Europe and here in America. That's only when it started as far as, as the medical system. The medical system never did it before that whatsoever. And now you can go on the internet and you can search and all American doctors think it's just the greatest thing and it's wonderful, but it's, it's not. It's, it's not a good thing. We don't, and we don't need to do it to please God, that's for sure. Amen? So love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got a lot out of it. And as I said, if you're a regular follower of us and you do listen to these videos and you teach and you would like to have a PDF file of, of Romans, then just message me on Messenger if you would, and I will send you a link where you can go to my Google Drive and download it and have that. If you'd rather have the book, then you can purchase it. It's not that expensive. Uh, just go to my webpage, drroyerichmond.com, and it'll take you to the link for Lulu. Dr. Roy E. as in edwardrichmond.com, and you can get the paperback. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week.